What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Panthers Nation Network. I'm your host, Shanti Stewart, alongside here with my main man, JB, my guy. Look, man, another week in the books, you know? I mean, look, it was actually one of the more fun Panther games I've watched in quite some time, especially this season. Considering what we've dealt with all year, this was a very entertaining game. I was thoroughly impressed with our young quarterback, and it gave me a lot of hope for the future. This is the only time I'll accept the loss and feel positivity from it uh I, I, I don't i don't know what you felt but that's just that, that was just my thought my early thoughts on the game yeah yeah like i said I, I didn't get a chance to watch it live you know i caught some replays and things like that you know for me you know we, we've been saying it week over week over at least over the last three weeks that we've seen some true growth from bryce there are definitely some bright spots that we can lean into and, and, and get ready for next year um but for the most part i think this is just part for the course again um, you know, we're not only just playing the team across from us, we're also playing against the refs. You know, that's always been one of the sticklers for Carolina Panther fans. We never get the benefit of the doubt. Even if we do, it's very slim and few and far in between. And when we do get the benefit of the doubt, it typically comes at the end of a game or in times when we don't need it. A lot of times I feel like we are unfairly judged in the actual game itself, when, especially when the game is on the line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, and we saw that on full display uh, this past Sunday against Green Bay. Uh, the Romeo Dobbs catch being the most controversial player uh, of them all that they en that they ended up giving Romeo Dobbs allowed Green Bay to get in the field goal position and extend their lead. Um, this if, if for anybody that watched the game, you just know we ran out of time. We we simply ran out of time in this one. But I mean, for Bryce going twenty three or thirty six, three hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns. A QBR of 78 and a quarterback rating of 110. This is by far his best performance as a professional. And um, the, the most impressed I've seen. Like, I mean, more impressive than I I, I would I would I would say more impressive than the two game winning drives he has on his resume to this point. I mean, I I think for me, mainly because we finally got to see some type of offensive explosion. Um for one, getting to see what it looks like when this offense is actually clicking and what it looks like when Bryce is when Bryce is comfortable. I'll give credit to the offensive line as well as it, while we're giving credit. Uh, they play well as a unit. Uh, inserting Gabe Jackson has helped stabilize that right guard position. Yeah, he is, he's, he's been solid. K Mays is still K Mays on most, almost in most scenarios. So I won't, I, I don't have much praise nor, you know, nor critique about his game so uh, so far, but Icky played well. Uh, Taylor Moulton's playing well. Bradley Bozeman's getting he's playing he's getting into a groove as well because his team is more so focusing on trying to establish the ground game. But even in but in their pass blocking sets, they gave Bryce a lot of chances to make plays. I mean, like I say only being set two times that's a that's a great day for Carolina. Yeah, if yeah. Bryce is only getting touched twice, that's a that's a, actually it's actually a phenomenal day. Um, DJ Chark finally showing up. That's what that I was, was probably my exactly what I was going to go next. I was going to say, you know, you talk about the progression of Bryce. I think one thing back back to the line before we jump on Chark. Um, I think for me, what 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 we're finding and what we're noticing now is they're starting to jail, albeit at the end of the year. You know, they and actually they're actually playing for jobs next year. So let's uh, let's not let that go and pass us right. Back. Um, it's actually an audition, if not for this team, for another team. So everybody's putting mm -hmm. their best foot forward, and I think. Pride now underneath the table regime, you see a lot more of that in the play that we see, right? There's a lot more oomph behind what they're doing. That's one. Two, we want to go back to DJ Chark. You know, he showed up. Um, and I think this is what we were looking for since the beginning of the year. You know, not necessarily going to be the number one, but definitely being a difference maker. You know, you can't leave everything on Thielen's shoulders. That's been proven. 
and also Marset. Now we're starting to use him much more as a, as a threat that he we knew he could be if he's a speedster, right? So Mar Marset is coming through, Shark showing up. I mean, honestly and truthfully, even those tight ends even showed up a little bit too, helping out with the line and things like that. So, and of course, the running game, right? Chuba Hubbard continues right. to be what we said he was, should have been at the beginning of the year. Number one, followed up with a Miles Sanders. So I, I think all in all, what we're seeing is that end of year push to be the spoiler. We should have won the game, period, in discussion. Right. And, and there's no way we should have walked out of that stadium with our heads hanging low. And as fans, we should start feeling a bit better about where we're ending off on this season as we were two, three, four weeks ago. We're starting to be able to build that momentum going into the offseason. Absolutely. I think the main thing is keeping a perspective about where we're at as a, as a squad. Obviously, we know that there's a lot of decisions that have to be made down the line. Like head coach, who, are we keeping the same GM? Are we moving on? Um, all of those things do have to be settled. But like you said, it's good to see that guys like Smith Marset have shown promise. And it, it, I do hate that it's taken all the way to the end of the season for us to to see some of these things because I, I just don't feel that, you know, when you make a trade for a guy, I thought that he should have been in the plans immediately mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. trade for him. Yeah, that that, that would have been my, my thought process. And I, I love the fact that he's, that he's coming to his own because he is kind of playing into that role that, they had for LaVisca Chenault being that guy that can oh take an end around and, and, and make a and make a play can can do some of those can give you some of those gadget looks and get and gadget plays um does definitely change what you what you do come next year when it comes down to some of those guys like LaVisca's more than likely out of the door because of it because of Smith Marseille well, and his I, elevation I want to I want to I want to I want to not say that I would say Marset is in an addition to Chenault I think what you're going to find is the departure of Marshall. Yeah. You may see the departure of Thielen, albeit I don't know if I think Thielen's gonna wait to see what we do. I think Thielen truly likes Carolina. I think he likes being in the area. I think there's a lot of other intangibles there that are keeping him kind of loyal to our organization for outside reasons, right? Right. Um, and then rating to see, like, to be quite frank, you know, if we do end up landing a Ben Johnson, and we'll get into this in a minute, you know, Thielen's familiar with him. So that to me builds that camaraderie already built in, right? Then you bring in Marset LaVisca being the bigger receiver. And then we go out and we try to find us a, a T Higgins or somebody of that nature uh, to come in and be that number, that true number one, if we are able to swing it, depending on who we bring in as coach. So I don't want to say LaVisca is out. I think he got a raw deal with the high ankle sprain he got. Right. He just never either A, recovered, or B, he wasn't showing promise in whatever was going on in practice. But I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think about Caldwell now being much more integral on the offensive side of the ball? And what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, do you think some of his knowledge, some of some of his 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 progressives come through through Thomas Brown? What what do you think about that? Because I'm thinking Thomas Brown to me, if you if you looked at the play calling since the departure of Wright, we've had two rough patches that I can think of. And I believe we could look at the Atlanta Falcons game and we can look at uh, uh, is it the Saints? Saints, the Saints. So those two games to me, we have some rough patches. But the other games that we've had surprised the heck out of me with the Green Bay Packers, right? So, what are your thoughts around that call? Uh, for go hmm. I, 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 I will say I don't truly. I don't truly know the boost that he's that he that, that he's bringing. Obviously, you know, you know, 
just the experience overall I, I i would like i would like to know what he's helping incorporate is it is what he's incorporating more about the quarterback was it more so for bryce or is it, or, or has it been for thomas bryce in terms of suggestions with the play calling what i will say is that i have seen more consistency out of thomas Brown's play calling in terms of what he's trying to accomplish i understand some of the things he's trying to do i, I, I and i and and whether it and whether some of that's been um using Emir Smith Marset in the ground game. Because I mean you look at you look at what you look at what happened in that game against uh, Green Bay. Trooper only had 16 carries for 43 yards in that game. So he, so as a traditional running uh, on traditional running plays, there wasn't much to be gained there for our offense. The biggest play we had was in was Smith Marset on the 20 on I think on the 20 yard touchdown on, on the end around. So mm-hmm. I think just inc- I think just incorporating different ways to get your to get your offense moving. Um more consistency in terms of all right, how how are we calling these plays? Like, all right, all right you know, generally you generally you you want to go uh, traditional inside run on a, on a on a third and short or fourth and short. All right, maybe we need to go play action rollout. Maybe we need to go get out east and west and try try to attack the edges to see where you know what how how our speed matches up against their speed. There there has been a sense of, of consistency with the play calling now, and I think I, I don't know how much of it's been Jim Caldwell more so than. Just Thomas Brown getting into a groove as a play caller because these or, are or or is he auditioning as well, right? So again, definitely auditioning. Able, he wasn't he wasn't able to like kind of be without the reins or the, around him when we had Riken House, and I think to me, and, and, and this is why I asked this because I think it took some time for him and Caldwell to mesh to have that conversation, that raw conversation to balance out this offense. So like Caldwell, from a critique standpoint, right? In the beginning, may have felt like he was coming down on Thomas Brown, and Thomas Brown felt and was pushing because he felt he had a lot to prove. And mm-hmm. since we were getting all those raw deals, and we didn't look as good in those two games that I just discussed, um, you know, now that we're starting to see it kind of stable out, right? So the critique is starting to take fold. Thomas Brown is starting to come into his own as to how he wants his offense to run with the weapons that he has, right? So you're starting to see that balance throughout. I think for me, in using Marset more. And seeing in my mind's eye, Shark having a week on, week off kind of mentality, starting to be a little bit more consistent. And the way that we're using utilizing Bryce, moving out of the pocket, being able, being able to run, like being able to get loose and do what he has to do. I think a lot of that is coming from both sides of that. And so that's why I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I guess the only thing about me with Carl was that I I was never sure what his position was supposed to be when he got here. Oh sure, oh sure. So, so, so I guess like that's probably the biggest level of confusion I'm having. And, and and I I'll be quite honest, I don't remember, I don't truly remember the last like I I know the last team he coached was Detroit, but I couldn't tell you much about any of those teams. Like, no, I'm talking about from a mentorship, that, right? I'm talking from a mentorship. I'm not talking about him actually. Get, all right, Thomas, this is what you should do, but really from a mentor standpoint of situational football. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. That's yeah. No. What That's what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. Because I because I because I do think the the critiques of Thomas Brown throughout the previous weeks, even from when Frank Wright was there, with that, like, hey, look, why are we caught? Why are we dialing up a deep shot on third and short? So yeah. I think it. I think it's gotten okay. Yeah. I I see where you're going at. It's gotten a lot more practical on the, on the, on the, on, the, on the play calling side for Thomas Brown, and that may, and that very much may be a product of of Jim Caldwell. Because I mean, let's let's get to no nonsense football. Let's let's do the things that makes sense i mean we i obviously we know we're having to fight an uphill battle because we don't have 
a left guard that can, you know, that can stop that can stop a running nose. And um and we and our right guards rotate, you know, more than a turnstile. So you you do have to do some different things, but but ultimately getting back to practicality in terms of play calling, it has it has, has definitely helped Thomas Brown. I think you saw him him call his best game. And I, I, I and again, I, like you said, I don't think it's any coincidence that he's starting to have some of his better performances. Like even in the game against Atlanta, it was a nasty performance, but that was I would say a product of the weather. Sure. And sure. it being a divisional opponent, I think ultimately he called a what. A, if you call a game winning drive, I, I can't say you you call it a bad game. You, yeah. You, but like to me, it may not be. It's not perfect. It just wasn't pretty, you know, for the for the duration. I want to go back to where you were mentioning, you know, that balance, right? So from a situational standpoint, not calling those, I want to call them extravagant plays, right? right. Move the chains. If it's third and two, move the two. If you get five, that's a, that's a bonus. You know, you don't have to make it the ESPN top 10 on every right. given play because Bryce is getting flat on every TV show that you see, right? Let's just give him the confidence that when he's behind the eight ball, he's behind in the count, he knows he has the confidence that he can make the play to get us the first. Once right. you get him st stable in that process, the other stuff is going to come, right? You got to give him the confidence to say, okay, it's third and three. I know we're going to get this three. Like Cam knew. When Cam was there, when it was third and three, either he was running or he was handing it or whatever. Right. We're going to get that three. We're going to get that. We're going we, we getting that first down for sure. So that's where Bryce's confidence, I think, has started to grow in that if we can get those little nuggets, everything else is going to fall into place as he builds up his rapport. I'm really looking forward for me. I'm really looking forward to see what his development is going to be this offseason. I want him to put on a couple of pounds. I want him to do a wide receiver you wherever he feels comfortable. Bring the wide receivers down, tight ends, linemen. Let's 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 get to work this offseason and really build that camaraderie because I think him coming in with what he had to deal with, coaching staff, the owner, GM, like all the things that were going wrong continue to go wrong. I don't think training camp were as succinct as we were perceiving it to be. I think right. if you're asking me. I think training camp was a shambles. I think it was a debacle. I think they had no identity coming out of training camp. I think they had no idea who they were going to use in X situations, who was going to be their go-to guy if it was third and long. Hey, look, and that and that and you can see it in the roster. And you look you can look at the roster bill and I'll tell you that. Because I think going into the year with Chuba and, and Miles Sanders being your one and your two, we are we said from the beginning, I'm like, hey, look, what, who's gonna be the power back? Who's gonna be the short yardage guy that's gonna it's gonna grind out those uh, like grind out those yards, and we in and 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 even for a point at a point there, Spencer Brown was getting more touches than Raheem Blackshear at a point in the preseason. So like we we all kind of saw pretty early. We were look us just trying to be, um, you know, try, trying to be positive, not trying to not not trying to play Debbie Downer. I think we tried to overlook it and say, hey, look, they're just figuring things out. But there's enough experience to where we should trust what's going on. And it just and, and that just never that just never materialized. But I, I, I like you said, this offseason has got to be important to get the right people around Bryce. Um, mm -hmm. I do wonder, I do wonder, you know, performances like these. I, I you know, I'm happy. You know, I we you know we were happier. I think this week than than most weeks because like this performance shows the rest of the NFL. Like, hey, this is what he's capable of, and hopefully, to me, that attracts 
want yeah. like some of the better guys to want to come coach here. Like, you know, and obviously Ben Johnson's been the guy that's been that, you know, that 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 David Tepper wants. Uh, we've heard his asking price of of, of, a, of a whopping 15 million a year. Um, I do can't we pay think more than Kyle Shanahan? How much is Kyle Shanahan give? 14. Kyle Shanahan, yeah, I believe he's hold on, hold on, hold on. I can give it to you right now. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's at 14, McVay's at 15, the great Pete Carroll's at 15, Sean Payton's at 18, and Bill Belichick is at 25. So, where in the world do you put now? Now, hold up, let's let's. Let's 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 settle in here. The Detroit Lions have won the NFC North in the first time in 30 years. Mm-hmm. If the Detroit Lions make a run, and it's strictly and you can tell it's an offensive led reason, mm-hmm. I can see giving him 10. I'm not giving him 15 over Kyle. I'm not giving him more money than Kyle Shanahan. I can't. I can't. I, I, I can't. I can't justify neither. I can't justify neither. The on, the the only thing that's justifying this is that it's a david temper tax at this point and that's what's and that's what's that's the only justifiable reason to give them the money now and again this ain't my money and if david temper willing to give it then by all means bro i ain't i ain't gonna be mad if the guy gets the 15. i will be mad that he gets the 15. i will feel slighted in that and i hate to say it you could have gotten wilkes for the same price, if not less, and we will be further along. But that's definitely that's neither here nor there. But that's that's how <laughs> right. Oh, oh, look again. That I so look, paying we, him we, fifteen. So paying him fifteen. The target is on his back coming in, making fifteen mil a year. That means yeah, like, it, it's got to be leaps and bounds over where we see him right now. Absolutely, and it, and this and this and this means now that. You can't move forward. Uh, there, there, there is no moving off of this. You're gonna have to sit. We, this is gonna have to be the coach. We're gonna have to sit it out and sit through it with. Like, no matter how bad it gets, we're gonna have to sit through it and hopefully this thing works. And I think for a guy that's gonna be a first time head coach, I, I, look, maybe I'm not hip, but I don't know what most first con- first head coaching contracts look like. I don't think they look like 15 million a year. No, um, I, I'll put it to you this way, and it's kind of like. How we seen the uh, quarterback number evolve over the last three years, right? Like once Patrick Mahomes signed that five hundred million dollar contract, and then Deshaun comes right behind him and gets a guaranteed what two thirty, two fifty. Yeah, it changed the landscape of the game. So first time coaches making buku mounds of bucks. I don't even know what D'Amico Ryan's is making right now, but when I'm looking at this coaching list, I don't even see him in the top ten. I mean, how do you how do you justify paying Johnson more than Tomlin, more than Harbaugh? Like Tomlin makes twelve point five. D'Amico Ryan's is getting four million. D'Amico Ryan's is getting four million. Bruh, how do you make it fifteen? Now I can see it being. First year, fifteen with incentives, and then we can look at the structure of the right. contract post. But if you're like, talking fifteen off the rip, I mean that's a, that's a resetting of the value of first time head coaches. Anything more than ten million, I'm looking at you like, right? Uh, I'm looking at you a little funny. I'm like, man, this is, you know, like I said I like Johnson, and obviously we knew last year would have been the year. 
last year would have been a year to get Johnson on a cheaper deal for sure. I, again, I'm not look. Here's the thing about about the 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 um, Ben Johnson thing. Um, I don't necessarily care how much money he gets paid because I know why we're getting hit this crazy over the head. Like I understand exactly why. Like we're getting hit this crazy. You have a terrible situation. You have a whole GM debacle. You like you got a lot that needs fixing. The least you can do is pay me. So I can come in and fix it because you are asking me essentially to come in and fix with this, this entire mess you've made to this point. Mm-hmm. So for that, I'm gonna need I, I, I'm gonna need hazard pay. That's what that's what the 15 million is. Here's a lot 15 million is hazard pay. You're gonna pay him 15 million. Is he keeping Edgerow? Right. I mean, mind you, our interview hasn't even been done, so we have no idea what his plans are in terms My of. Edgerow want to stay though, so. He interviewed for the head coaching job last year. Right. He, he took the DC as a okay, let me show you what I can do, kind of thing in my mind. Um I highly so, doubt Edgerow would stay. Yeah, so the defense changes. Yeah, defense changes completely. So with all all of what you've done this past year with this with this group, as good as it's been, you don't know if that's gonna carry over from, from DC to DC. And this will be the third DC they've worked like this will be the third defense coordinator they've worked with in the past three seasons. So and, and Brian Burns is walking for free. Right. Right. Because you didn't do any. Oh, jeez. Again, it's a lot. Boy, we, it's, it's a lot to be desired about the situation, man. We we just don't. We we just have not put ourselves in a great situation in terms of how we want to build this thing moving forward. Because decisions that should have been made just were not made. Like, you, you if you're not going to, if you're not willing to pay guys, you got to get rid of them. That's what you know. That that, I, that that that's really that simple. Brian Burns to this point isn't. I I, I couldn't see him staying here. And we've talked about that before. But uh, there, there's a better situation out there for him that will that will pay him decent. But he'll probably get a better opportunity to to pop off yeah. from a player standpoint. Um, I mean, I mean, I think right now, though, I mean, the, the only thing you can really care about right now, if you care on, is is his offense. Like I and, and it's unfortunate because I start seeing guys like JC who who's come back and it's played extremely well. It looks every bit the it looks every bit the part of the guy that we thought we were getting coming into this year before he got injured. And you start looking around, you're saying, "Man, I may have to send you away too, just because we may we it, we we have to reset." Like he's going into year three, he's getting ready to be due for a contract soon. Do you truly want to pay JC Horn? Even though I think he's every bit worth the money when he's available, is he is he gonna be worth paying? Uh, Frankie, uh, guys like guys like Frankie Louvu as well. Like you look at all of these guys that are that he have been solid Brown, players. Brown and Brown is playing. Brown gonna be coming back to the table soon too. Like hey, I've I've outperformed my contract. We got a bunch of guys, man, that are outperforming the money they're getting paid right now, and we're not we're nowhere close to being in a position to be able to pay these guys and continue to build moving forward. But that comes from the next GM we have. He's going to have to be creative, or she is going to have to be creative in being able to come in and being able to toggle all of those nuances. Like, I want somebody to come in and try to keep Burns, make sure Brown is happy, make sure Louvu's happy. If Shaq needs to go, I get it. I appreciate you. No action. Facts. I appreciate you. You know what I mean? Like I appreciate you and and everything that you've done, but we're gonna need to use those monies 
elsewhere. We want to funnel that into Brian Burns. We want to funnel that into making sure Derrick Brown's happy. We want to funnel that into some offensive alignment that we know we need to protect Bryce because right now we're at such a disadvantage and behind so many other teams. Now, we have seen a new coach come in and turn it around that fast, but that came with Demetra Rice and the Texans had uh, had 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 significant amount of room to make those decisions to bring people in through the draft. We unfortunately were kind of handicapped in that way. And so with you coming in, so which is why I'm talking about Ben Johnson and why our next GM needs to have a very high scouting avenue and know how to judge and put players in situations and organizations that fit what we're trying to do. Because I think what we tried to do was say, he looks good, let's put him here. I think he can play this position, let's put him here. Without really going through the finer points of scouting it all the way through, understanding what we're doing with Bryce, understanding we got rid of DJ, understanding we didn't get much back for that trade, right? We traded up for just the number one. Right. Gave away our future in that process. CMC, some of the picks that we've made and some of the things and the pickups that we've done since then. We just haven't done well with that. And I think that that comes from a GM perspective of not being very acutely aware of how to scout players in this type of game now. Because the NFL has transformed over the last three years. It's not the same that it was when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. No, it's changed ever so much. And right now, I mean, oh, God. I guess I. You know, I mean, hit on draft picks from here on out is going to be critical. I mean, the, the very few prep draft picks we do have this year, like the sake that like like the second round pick we'll have, which will likely be the thirty third pick. You got to hit on that, and it, 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 here's the thing: like you're asking now to, you got to hit on every pick, and then I mind you, all these picks won't be, you know, none of these picks will be in the first round. Um, do well. Does your new GM find a way to get back up into the late first? Mm. Does does he find a way to get back into the late first? It puts you in position, but like it, again, it's it's gonna be the fact that you have very few picks and you have very little room for error. Like you said, your next GM has to be heavy in the scouting department because that's gonna be the only way we can build this thing throughout. Because I mean, free agency, we we all know that we've never built a successful team here in Carolina through free agency. Not big free agents. We if we've done it, we've done it with guys like a Mike Mitchell that were on one-year deals and, and guys like roman harper who had the tail end of their careers peanut tillman guys that you were grabbing off from the bargain man that just so happened to pop that's generally the carolina Panthers free agency method like let's let's find a guy that was that shown some flashes hasn't has that put it put it together for a full year yet give him a one year let's see what happens if he pops maybe we sign him if he does it, it, but if he goes off too crazy He's out of our price range. We're letting them walk, and that's, that's pretty much problem. been. The- that's our problem, though. Nothing should be out of our price range right now, and I don't. I don't mean that in a way to say, pay everybody everything. But what I'm saying is, know the ones you need to pay now. Know the ones you got coming behind that, and maneuver your roster and your signings to do that. And that is where we haven't been good at that since Bill Polin. Marty Herney tried. He hit on a few. But then he messed us up with D'Angelo Williams and John Pursuit's long contracts. Love them both. But he gave them long contracts at the very, very wrong time. So what I'm saying is we need somebody to come in and be able to toggle 
and finesse that part of it because you're going to have this issue consistently, especially with the way that we've built. Our younger talent is much more in a developmental role, not coming in as superstars. So Bryce Bryce is going to be in development for at least another year and a half, two years. You got Mingo. If you hope he has a good offseason, I want him to come back. I think we should see a good spring on him by next year. Him right. getting down to the finesse of being an NFL wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start looking at the line. That's a whole rebuild. That's a whole rebuild. You look at the defensive side of the ball. You have a potential of losing one, two, three, four key players on your defense. You talk Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, Shaq Thompson, and possibly Dante Jackson. Those are four yeah. integral pieces. What well, you want to do about that? Well, I mean, Jeremy Chance at this point is he my guy hasn't even played. Like he's not out there. Like he's it's it's crazy watching his watching him go from being, you know, his rookie season being like an all world type of rookie that I look, look like a steal, look like a great find in the draft to each year you just start to see his game dissipate. Yeah. To the point now where, to, to the point now where he's not even playing. So well, I think that I think that has a lot to do with the coaching staff and not knowing how to use him. But you don't have a C on your jersey for no reason. So that so so being in that locker room, that's a different conversation. That's why I say right. integral, right? Because even though you may not be showing what we see as your potential on the field, those guys in that locker room that go to war with you, they respect you enough to make you a captain. So you being a right. captain says a lot. So for me. That's why I call him an integral spot. Shaq, his loss this year, to me, I didn't realize how big of an impact it was going to have. But we have a very, very good chance of losing him this offseason. Um, you know, so we've got a lot of we've got a lot of things on that side of the ball that I'm really nervous about. But, again, you never know with this new coach, with this new GM. Hopefully we get a new GM because Scott got to go. But if we don't, if we got Scott, Lord be with us because it's going to be a long offseason. I'm telling you, man, I, I've made my point very clear. If Scott is still the GM, I will be entering the transfer portal. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I'm not, I can't do it. I can't do it again with Scott, man. Like, I've seen, I've seen enough out of Scott. I, he makes me, makes me sit in my stomach thinking about the guy, like, like the draft picks we wasted, the guys we traded. I, it, it makes me sit in my stomach to imagine him still being employed. I, I really, and truly, hopefully, wish that he just goes out and just hey, go franchise a McDonald's somewhere, bro. I don't know. Go do something else. But it, it, but this GM thing, that's, it, I don't think it's necessarily for you. Um, but I guess you know, I, I, as we move forward, I guess we can get into the game this upcoming week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, sir. That they're a team that's definitely struggling. They're a team that is trying to figure figure their things out, figure some things out because they're still. Trying to win their division at eight uh, right now. Currently at eight at eight and seven, the line has Jacksonville by six and a half. Trevor Lawrence has had a a very up and down year. Can the uh, can Carolina go on the road and get them one on on New Year's Eve? So for me, I would say I could see a games in between, more like the Tampa Bay game, and I say that because. I think we can come in and be hot like we were, um, you know, when we first started off with Tampa Bay. The offense cannot start off slow. They have a very good defense. Their offense is pretty, is pretty decent top to bottom. They're struggling because they're dinged up a little bit, and I think Trevor Lawrence is pushing a lot. 
can we go on the road and win? Of course, we won in Jacksonville when they were good before. My fear is we go in there um, a little bit tired coming off of Green Bay. But I do want us to go in there with a shock the world mentality. So if I if you're asking, I'm saying 24-17 us. You guys winning? Yeah. So I'll tell you. All right, for sure. I take that. Um, I think my biggest thing, my biggest keys throughout this game is um, establishing the ground game this week. Because I mean, last week we got away with, we got we got away with not having to have it. Bryce Young played a phenomenal game. Uh, gave gave us everything we needed to see. But I think more so of a balance. I, I strike you a solid balance in this one. Um, how quickly can I? You know, I I, I want to see the Smith Barset have another week. Where he continues to grow in the offense is, is this? Does it start to become a real thing? Like you said, you saw it in you saw it in the Atlanta game, you saw it big time in the uh, in the game last week against Green Bay. That he well, when he starts to touch the ball, the offense starts to get uh, starts to get a rhythm, and he does make life easier for I think for the play calling and for everybody around him. Because because he because he's such a guy that doesn't need a whole lot to get him going. If you if all you gotta do is give him an end around or or, or some type of jet sweep, then that's not a whole lot we really got to do for you to get you going. Um, do we start to see, do we start to see DJ chart shows that that same level of consistency? Like, do the big plays start to come more in abundance for DJ chart? Because I mean, if that's the case, then it changes everything about how I feel about this team. Well, if, he's if, gonna play with a chip on his shoulder. This is his former this, team. You know, he he's gonna play. I hope he comes with a chip on his shoulder. I hope so. Game. I, I I very I very much hope so as well. This is the team. This is the this is the initial team that gave up on you at the, at, 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 at the beginning of your career. So yeah, I I think I think being able to see if DJ Chark and and Bryce Young can can keep that connection going in weeks moving and weeks moving forward. Um and, and um also does Gabe Jackson continue to stabilize his offensive line? He's done a good job the past couple of weeks, especially in that in, in that Atlanta game of. Keeping this off of the line stable. That for some for some weird reason he didn't start last week. They had Nash Jensen in that right guard to start the game for like the first series. I don't understand what the hell was going on there. But you know, other than you know, other than that, you know, if you can keep this off of the line group together and you start, I think I, I think we're starting to see this off the line play better because the same pieces are are lining up each and every week right now. For the past three weeks, it's been the same group. If you can just keep rolling with that group right now, I think the continuity continues to show, and you start and you start seeing more consistency out of a group that's been rather porous for the majority of the year. Um, if I if I gotta pick a winner, yeah, I'll take us. I'll take us twenty to seventeen. Let's uh, let's take it twenty to seventeen. I do gotta see more hats, from our defense though. If we can limit the hats on on Bryce, and we give him time, I think if we can get up. Two scores early, like a 10 0 type, type, type of move. Right. I think, I think, I think, I think we've got momentum to hold on. We just got to give our defense more time off the field. And I think that's a big thing. That they're was the run. one that they're, they're going to run Etienne now. They're going to run him. And then they got to run right, and they running right at number zero, too. Just, just, just mm -hmm. to let everybody know. That was the one thing about Latin this past week that disappointed me the most was that. You finally got the game we have been dying to have offensively just for your defense to not have a single answer. And that and I do need to see that group step up this week. Um, continue. I, I, I mean, like I said, I, I'm excited to see J.C. Horn versus Trevor Lawrence. 
Yeah. Like that, like that, like that to me is like, you know, Chase, he's been getting more, like he's getting back. You know, he's, he's a few weeks removed from, 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 from returning. The, the more and more I can see him play against uh some, some of the better receivers and they some get some of the better quarterbacks. I want to see, Hey, does this keep elevating? Does, does he play a factor in this game in terms of being a playmaker and a difference maker? Um, and just keep stabilizing that back end, the back end of that team, which I think has been solid since he's come back with Xavier Woods, Von Bell. You know, the entire secondary being healthy again, it it looked like it, it gave you a glimpse of what could have been this year if this if this group was just healthy. Um, we could have had, had a top five secondary, easy. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I, 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 again, I look at Xavier Woods, and I, 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 I've liked what he brought. I li- I've liked what he's brought in the past couple of seasons. I, and, and he, I, I, I do I too. I do too. I started to see Von Bell starting to play like that thumper that I saw him play like in Cincinnati. Again, I, I, again, I, I just, you know, you really just, you hate the fact that you, we just didn't get the time with this group, like, 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 like we should have gotten in that. And likely, this group won't be returning in full next no. season. No. Uh, mm, is there anything else we need to hit before we get up out of here? Well, one thing I want to say is, you know, Bryce. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep pushing. You know, you're starting to come into your own. We're starting to we're starting to actually see the true you. Don't ever think that the real fans ever doubted you. We knew you you, you had your back up against the wall. Keep doing what you do. Keep leading these guys. We're gonna be all right. And then also, you know, on the on the real to real, all I really want to say is we're starting to look like we looked at the end of the tenure, still off the end of the tenure, Wilkes. So this momentum, we need to take heed to it and push forward. Absolutely, like I said, man. Uh, big congrats to Bryce. Good looks to all the guys that are showing promise right now. Smith, Marset, mm-hmm. all of those guys, Trooper Hubbard, and just look. Hopefully, you guys can stick with the program, man. Stick with us here. Hopefully, we can build something together, man. But with that being said, we'll keep waiting and keep pounding.